Hello and welcome to A Moment to Accelerate, an educational podcast for progressive practitioners with myself and the talented Rebecca Parker, coming to you from RGS The Grange in Worcester. After the excitement of being back on the air, we felt that it was time to take a deep dive into the impact of digital technology upon the subject area of modern foreign languages, MFL. With this in mind, there was only one guest that stood out to give us an insight into the current trends and developments in MFL in the primary classroom. Today we welcome Catherine Contan, a forward-thinking teacher with 10 years of teaching experience to build from. She's worked at RGS The Grange for five years, and in that time, Catherine has given MFL the prestige as a subject that it well and truly deserves. Catherine has had the privilege of living in France, and as a result, her classroom is like stepping into a vibrant street in Paris. Hello, welcome Catherine. Thank you so much for joining us. My pleasure, thank you for inviting me. How are you feeling? Well, the imposter syndrome has started. I can't quite understand why I'm here, but I'm very happy to oblige. Oh, well, we're very happy to have you here. We've got some great questions for you. Um, Let's dive straight into them. So I would like to know how MFL has developed over the last 10 years of your practice. What's changed for the better, for the worse? What are your thoughts on that? That's a really hefty question. I've had to think about that one a little bit. So when I first started, so um, quite a while back now, Everything just felt really heavy compared to now. So even, I mean, literally, so I had a desktop computer, I was carrying around textbooks, um, I had CDs, and that's how we'd work with the pupils. So it was very clunky, but that's just what you did at the time. And then um, fast forward to today, and it's so much more um, fine streamed. Mm -hmm. So I just have one iPad and a Mac, and I don't really have anything paper-based anymore, very rare. And that's really changed the way I teach. It's changed the pupils' experience as well. So I think technology has really enhanced um, my job and the pupils' experience. So it is a very different world these days. Do you think your lesson structure has changed as part of that as well? Or do you think you follow, you know, the same sort of oral activities and things like that? Or has it altered a lot? That's a good question. I I think it is more streamlined again in terms of, actually I can fit a lot more in now as Mm. well. So before, if I had a listening exercise I wanted to do, that could possibly take up um, half the lesson. Whereas now, technology is so good that I can try and incorporate all skills into a lesson. So I can do some speaking, some listening, some reading, some grammar. I can kind of fit everything in. Whereas before, it was so clunky, I just had to concentrate on one skill at a time. So actually, yeah, that's that's true. That it has enhanced the way that I can um, structure my lesson and get pack more in, basically. Mm. I'm going to just, um, I'm just going to sort of change things up a little bit here. I'm going to go to question two and we'll come back to one. So, um, Catherine, you've been at the school sort of five years or so. If you don't mind me saying, you started, um, I don't think you'd ever used an iPad before. Um, you, you were using technology, but uh, I suppose, um, I think your eyes were probably opened in terms of what was going on at the school and how technology was being used. Mm-hmm. Can you just talk me through a little bit about that journey of sort of starting um, you know, with, with current things in place in terms of your practice and then having to, to, to maybe sort of reflect, refine, look at things. Because um, I know we had some really good chats, haven't we, over the last few years? Yeah, absolutely. About, uh, about yeah. why we're using technology. Um, yes. You don't see a purpose for certain things or certain things really fit well. Yeah, absolutely. So I have to be honest, and when I first started, I think if we frame it in a positive light, we can say that I had a, a healthy dose of scepticism about technology. And I remember on my PGCE year being taught by somebody who said, basically he was talking about smart boards, and he said, smart boards are great because you can 
um, open a box on a smart board and a child thinks it's a real box in front of you. But he mm. said that never really replaces actually giving the child a box to open. So for me, I was thinking, well, all these things are replacing things that you can actually be doing with your hands. And that's where I thought the technology ended. It was just an imitation of real life. And for me, modern foreign languages is about getting the pupils to be doing things in real life. So I didn't want to use technology to replace things that I can be doing with them using the hands, kinesthetic learning. But that's because I had absolutely no idea what a DLP was. Mm. I didn't understand what it was. I thought it was just smart boards and a bit more gimmicky. Mm. Then when I realised what the iPad and the DLP could do for me, I started to soften up to it and realise how actually it could make my life so much easier, but also make the learning for the pupils a hundred times more interesting. So that has been a journey, um, but one that I've absolutely loved. And I still say to my husband these days, I cannot believe how amazing this is that I can have somebody send me um, a piece of work at any time of the day, and I can receive that piece of work, mark it, and give some feedback, written or oral feedback in real time. I still can't believe that that's possible. So those kind of things, I think, have really improved my teaching and the pupils' experience of learning as well. I think what I really like about you, Catherine, is the fact that um, you shared these concerns and you're vocal about these concerns, and I think that's good. <laughs> I think it's good to, to, to voice any concerns that we do I have. Think I agree, because I think it gave people that were quite anxious a voice. They were listening to you vocally saying, oh, I'm not so sure about this. Um, yeah. Whereas some people were a bit more reserved, but actually you raised some really valid points, and I think it made us think about the effectiveness of the tools we were using and not just doing it for the sake and not using tech. Well, I remember one lesson that we had and I am, I am, well, I've been told I am, again, in a positive spin, refreshingly honest, but that can also <laughs> go really wrong as well. I but that. I remember when we were talking once and we were talking about Padlet and I think you were saying, Matt, oh, it's great, the pupils, they can have a conversation on Padlet. And I was going, but Matt, they can just have a conversation <laughs> in the classroom, what are you talking about? But then when I got to know Padlet, I was thinking and I was realising that actually our pupils in year six can't just pick up the phone and talk to their pen pals necessarily. Mm. So mm. Padlet for me, I understood what you were meaning about I could have the, I could put work on Padlet um, for our pupils and the pupils in France could put work on the Padlet at the same time and in real time they were being able to communicate. Mm. So it's just, I think, me... You know, and also I am of an age now where I'm on the cusp of technology overwhelming me as opposed to maybe you, Rebecca, who you just take it all on board. You know, when I went to university, I didn't even have an email address when I was at university. I didn't even have a computer, so I did all my essays. So I'm, I'm, one of, I'm that generation that's just on the borderline of being overwhelmed by it. Age. But I can... <laughs> I am! We're pretty close in age, Catherine. <laughs> I'm so, I am older than you. <laughs> okay, we won't talk about this uh, live on air. <laughs> That's how um, I'm feeling anyway. No, but you know what I mean. I didn't, I didn't grow up with it in the way that yeah. children do these days. So sometimes I am, it does take me a little while to accept it and look at it as upskilling rather than a burden. And I think that's my journey. But I don't think that's a bad thing at all to look at something and to raise those questions and concerns rather than just jump straight in to actually say, well, okay, but what can it do? How can it add... Uh, you know, what can it add to the learning? What can it improve yeah. on the teaching? If it doesn't, then, then I, won't, yeah. I won't use it. I think as well, to add to that, and I'm not saying that people who aren't in my position have more time than me because we're all really busy, but I think what I've learned to do as well is, because I'm a mum now as well, and I have all these different hats on, anything I, I need to incorporate needs to be effective and useful and have meaningful purpose, because if it doesn't, then it's just wasting everybody's time. So I have to be quite picky about the technology I use and how it helps me and why it helps me. So that's that's quite useful in a way because I'm not just you know adding everything into my lessons just because it's a new piece of kit mm. or a new app. 
I, I think to... we've gone on that journey as a school though haven't we because I think we started off and we had so many apps that were being pushed out to pupils all the time um, and now we sort of think oh actually what can I use that's actually effective we've we've gone through that trial process and we know what works and we know what's effective um, so I think we're in a good place now having reflected on those previous like three four years of the DLP journey Absolutely, yeah. And things change as well. And I kind of give myself a new target um, these days, or certainly this year, is I try and um, think about incorporating something new, maybe every half term or every term, Mm. because I'm still on my list of things I still need to explore are things like explain everything. I've cracked Apple Clips now because that's been incredibly useful. So sometimes if an app if I haven't used it at all and I haven't needed it, I can kind of think, well, I, I don't think I need that right now. But then sometimes things will come along, like I keep hearing about Blookit at the moment, and oh, I can see that too. on MFL websites coming up all the time. So um, if it's coming up all the time, I'm thinking, right, that's one that I need to have a look at. So you do have to be a bit picky yeah. and choosy. And but... it's allowing yourself some time to become, you know, au fait with the app as well before you launch it into your lesson. So whether yes. that's through the holidays and evenings and things, you need to learn that process yourself. First, Absolutely. You? Yeah, to feel confident to use mm. it in lessons. Yeah, I agree. I suppose it's like having a bag, though, and just keep on filling it. Something's got to give, isn't it? So yes. you bring something new in, what's it either replacing? Yes, um, yeah. So therefore, I think that critical eye is, uh, is, is really, really important. Yeah, and yeah, and seeing, seeing how the pupils react to it as well, and also knowing what your other colleagues are doing. You might have spent a few minutes or even longer than that making a Kahoot, and you're really excited about it. They've just done that in another class, mm. and they don't want to do a Kahoot again. So actually, it's just kind of testing the water, being aware of what's going on, talking to your colleagues, what you've been doing recently, and thinking all about all those things as well. So it's not just focusing on your subject, it's what experience are they getting across the school which I think is quite difficult, but yeah, quite important. that's a really good point. I think it's great because um, we often try and sort of build in at least 10 minutes to staff meetings, don't we, where we mm. just have a bit of a sharing 10 minutes. And I think if you, if you are aware of other projects going on and what other people are doing, you know, that, that suddenly that, that tool you wanted to use yes. <laughs> has already been used. It's lost yeah. that woe moment for the it's kids. It's twofold isn't it? though, isn't it? Because at the same time we say, oh, I'm trying this. And then we go, oh, okay, everybody have a go at that. Let's see how we're using it. So it's, it's a balance, isn't it, between everybody trying something at once and seeing what's effective. And as you say, when for a specialist subject like you two, I don't have that problem so much because my children are mostly with me. Um, but yes, you two would go from different teachers who potentially are doing the same. Mm. And I think at the moment, what I'm really loving about life is this hybrid nature. So for example, it might seem like a silly example, but um, the music teacher here, she uses those monster points and that's technology based. So it's a program where you can give the children a point and they can change their monster Mm. and it's a reward system and they absolutely love it. I see that they love it. So I do something completely different. I give them a little um, French bracelet, which is made out of paper and breaks after about a minute. <laughs> but when they get the French bracelet, their, their faces just light up. So it's two completely different things, but it's both. It's a bit of technology yeah. and it's something physical. But if I was to do monster points, it would mean less to both music and French because it's the same thing, but they get something different for each subject. Yeah. Something that's technology-based, but they also can have something physical. So I like that hybrid nature. It's great to have that balance though, isn't it? The monster points, is that class dojo? I think it might be class dojo, yes. I I, I do like that as a tool. Yeah, and they get to change the monster Um, every time they get 10 points. They they love it. 
but I also like the French bracelets. I think that's, um, you know, <laughs> yeah. it's kinesthetic. It's actually something real, isn't it? Yeah. That well, this is why in year six we do letters to the pen pals. Of course, we could just send them an email. We could just do something digitally. But actually receiving a handwritten letter, one, is just fantastic practice for the pupils writing in French. And two, there is nothing like receiving that, that actual handwritten letter. So, yes, we do lots of things um, digitally based. So videos. Um, and later on we'll send emails but at the first instance we will do a handwritten letter because it's something physical something they can keep so it's good to have a mixture I think mm. so as as the specialist out of mm. us three in terms of French um, my French is isn't great um, <laughs> no, I, 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 I was hoping to learn a few things tonight <laughs> um, but I don't think we're going to have time at all um, so if we, if we were to look at sort of French MFL um, and you were to sort of say well Technology has now enabled me to do this. You know, let's mm-hmm. start with. I know you're you're a bit of an Apple clips diva, if you don't mind me <laughs> saying so. In lockdown, uh, Catherine Contan was all over Twitter and Facebook and uh, everywhere <laughs> with lots of different videos, oh, amazing no. videos. But it was really nice though that you were building videos not just for the kids you were teaching, but for for a wider community. Um, let's just talk clips for a few minutes. I'm okay. a big fan. How how do you now use Apple Clips? What does it enable you to potentially do? Okay, yeah. in the classroom and, and and beyond really oh I love Apple Clips because it is so easy to use because for me as you might be able to tell it has to be easy mm-hmm. it has to be user friendly and to be honest it has to be quite quick so it means that I can make um, what looks I've been told so many times by people on these Facebook platforms for MFL that it looks incredibly professional when actually it's me sat in my bedroom <laughs> Um, in front of my iPad no microphone no no specialist equipment but it just it really polishes off a video so you can have an introductory um, clip you can have voiceovers you can have the words coming across the screen Mm -hmm. so in lockdown when I had to provide lessons for the younger pupils um, it just gave me a platform to be able to sing songs to them tell them stories and then I just thought well I'm doing that for our pupils in year one that might be 30 pupils in total why don't we give that to a bigger audience so that kind of YouTube channel with those videos has, has grown and grown, really. And it's so amazing to hear people saying um, in Australia or, in, or wherever they might be, oh, I've used that with my pupils. And I tell them, you can do this as well. Obviously, you have to be willing to make yourself look like an idiot in front of the camera and sing songs. But actually, that's, you know, that's, that's one thing. But the actual technology is so easy. And lots of people have said, right, I'm going to try Apple Clips now. Mm-hmm. And then you can use it in your own life. You can make videos of your children, for your mums and dads. So I thought during lockdown that was the one app that was my go-to app for everything. I remember you being really excited with Apple Clips when we talked about live titles and the fact that you know our pupils could speak in French yes. and it would come up subtitling what mm. they were saying yeah. and how effectively it worked for additional languages, not just English. Yeah. And that was like a brainwave. Well, the good thing about that is as well, because you can tell the pupils, if you <clears throat> say it properly, if your pronunciation is really good the Apple Clips app will recognise what you're saying. Mm. If you're not saying it quite right, the spelling will come up and it's not quite right. So it's like a roundabout way of telling you, yeah, your pronunciation is it's really like good. It's instant gratification for yeah. them, isn't it? And yeah. yeah, it's a, it's an amazing tool. And what I've noticed teaching languages is if they're focusing, especially when they get to year five and six, if they're focusing on speaking French, the language, hormones have kicked in by then, they start feeling embarrassed, they're a bit mm. too cool for school. If you take their attention slightly away from the fact that they're speaking French and put their attention onto something else like the app, 
They're very happy to speak in French. They're very happy to give it a really good go because they're not just thinking about people are listening to me, am I sounding silly? So I find that, that again, that hybrid approach means that they're, you might think it's distracting for them, but actually it's, a, it's an all-round experience that really helps them to just be natural and be confident and not worry about what other people are thinking about them. And additionally, you know, those children who are camera shy, you know, there's no need for them to be on screen. So it's actually giving a voice to those shyer children as well who might not usually you know volunteer to speak another language in the absolutely house, like you say. Um, even the fact that you can just change your the 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 background can be a comic background mm. um so you're on the camera but you can't really tell it's you there are so many options on there for them to explore that and i to be fair it's mostly the shyer pupils that seem to really go with it because the mm. other pupils that are confident they're quite happy just to film themselves but it's those apps that give the pupils a, a way in without having to completely um, sort of expose themselves that it really works well for. I think that's great to hear, isn't it? Mm. How that has actually enabled every pupil in your classroom to you know, to practice the oracy, their pronunciation. Yeah. And um, another one like that is Puppet Pals, where they can literally just put a photograph of themselves or of something else, and they can speak over the top and still make the characters interact with each other. So there are so many things out there. But again, it's knowing what do I want out of this exercise? Um, what are the pupils getting out of it? And then you pick the correct app that goes with that. So that, I suppose that's the skill these days. There's so many things out there, knowing what to pick and why, and being able to justify the fact that you're maybe spending, giving them five minutes to set up their characters, but that's in the long run, that's worthwhile, because then they're going to give you a really solid performance. Mm-hmm. It's having that belief, isn't it, in a tool. You choose a tool for a reason, and then you're obviously reaping the rewards now of trying to sort of refine uh, all the different tools that you've got. Um, some digital, some not, but mm-hmm. you know it's progressive, isn't it? I think yeah. we're pretty pretty similar. We reflect every year, and something goes out, something new comes in that's better that that, that can able enable us to do this that we yeah. couldn't do before. And I think that's really really important. Absolutely, and you know it changes. I'll go back to puppet pals. I might not do it for a while, and then it'll come back to mind again. So it's it's never it's never completely gone. It's just having all those tools there ready to pick and choose as and when you need them, and that's. That's really empowered me, I think, to think, how am I going to make this lesson fun, engaging, and not the same as the week before? So that's a really nice like, tool to have in your belt of tools to have all those different things that you can go to. Hmm. I think, I, I mean, I, I'm next door to you and I hear so many wonderful things. Um, a particular favourite of mine was your oh. hackers. Your, <laughs> yeah. Can you tell us a little bit about those? Because they were phenomenal. Okay, so I did, I saw this idea, I can't claim it for my own, but it's a verb hacker. So something we do in year six is verb conjugation, which is going through a verb with each of the subject pronouns, so I, you, he, she. A bit dry, potentially. Oh my gosh, it's so dry. So I remember, I was an absolute nerd at school, so I loved this, but in year seven when I did verbs, we literally had to sit there for half an hour and go, je suis, tu es, il est, elle est. Mm. So I can't imagine children doing that these days. I, so when I went, went to school in Spain, the actual native Spanish speakers, they would do that as well. That was part of your, like weekly Spanish lessons was your soy tu eres and you know yeah. so that's just like normal practice yeah which is really dry yeah. and, and it also it doesn't actually they, they can memorise it but they don't actually know what they're doing with it so um, I st- stole this idea from the internet and you basically make up a hacker to go with each part of the verb but it's more meaningful because if you're saying I do you have to make the hacker movement look like it's relating to I and mm. if you're saying we do it has to relate to we so I always find that especially now that I've taught younger children if you put a gesture with the language it just anchors it in their minds so yeah. again that's the kind of thing where I would uh, find a hall 
do the hackers, get them to make up their own. The girls quite like doing cheerleading dances. Mm. Sounds a bit sexist, but the girls quite like doing dances and the boys love their rugby hackers. And so you use just movement and kinesthetic learning for that bit, but then you can use technology to record it. And then you can send those videos to the pupils in France and they can make up their own hackers. Mm. So again, it's this hybrid combination of using both bits of technology and just movement and the, you know what we would call just good teaching of getting them involved using their whole bodies not just sitting down behind desks mm. so in addition to that um and sort of you know tech in mind but not necessarily tech related are there any key initiatives that's that you feel you've introduced over the last couple of years that have been really effective for mfl so um i think so the yeah the pen pal program in france mm. has been really really useful because i think i've done some training before that really stuck stuck in my mind the fact that when kids are younger children are younger so in key stage one they want to have fun learning is about emotion it's it's not just repetition it's emotion as if they're having fun and they're enjoying themselves and they're happy when you get to year five and six children need to feel like they're making progress they're maturing it's not just about having fun they need to feel like they're getting somewhere with it so I think um, that's really important as well to feel like they're making progress. So the Pen Pal programme was an example of giving them a real audience. Mm. It's very difficult to motivate people sometimes. Um, why do you want to? Why do we need to learn French? We live in England. We go on holiday and they all speak English over there. So what's the point? So I think having the Pen Pal programme has um, given them an authentic audience, a platform, and um, yeah. So that's in every way has made them more motivated. So mm. even the really reluctant learners are desperate to write a letter to their pen pal, receive a letter from their pen pal. They're people that never normally open their mouths in class are coming up to me and what does this mean? And this handwriting is different. This looks like an R, but I think it's an N. Um, so that's really, really instrumental, I think, in Year Six, the mm. pen pal program. They love it. I remember you coming to my classroom I think it was around Christmas time with a huge parcel of gifts that were sent over from the year six pen pals and my class were ecstatic and it was so meaningful for them yeah it's really exciting and recently we've been able to actually meet our pen pals in France as well which for me was so emotional Mm. uh, and so amazing that they can actually see these people physically so that's yeah that's been absolutely amazing on a completely different level I set up um at the same time as working here, but that's stopped now, budding little linguists, so teaching um, languages to babies and toddlers. Mm. And it was a way of getting mums who have just had children to get together, but it's educational. Um, but I even thought about when I did introduce technology into that, so I would bring in some of those um, virtual reality, augmented reality things where you'd have like a QR code. And if we're singing a song about a cow, you can make the cow come to life because mm. I can have a teddy bear cow, which they love, <laughs> but you can also have a 3D cow as well. Or you can do QR codes where the words come up so you don't have to be using paper all the time. And especially in a COVID world, um, those QR codes have really come into their own, I think. Mm. And um, yeah, I'm working on something now with the music teacher where we've done a whole module on the hungry caterpillar in French and they've made a caterpillar and we're going to stick a QR code on the back and so their parents can wave their smartphones over the QR code and all the videos and photos of that module they can watch that at home with their children so it's just been an amazing way of sharing Mm. what the pupils are doing because if it's anything like my children you say to them what did you do in school today nothing can't remember (laughs) and they've done so many things so it's really nice to be able to share that Mm. um, in such an easy way with the QR code there's so many good points there that you know, a, a way beyond just sort of French. Every subject, I think, could could take something from that. 
I remember when I first started and you were talking to me about QR codes and what was the other one we used to use, orasmas. Yeah. Um, I didn't know what you were talking about and I was like, well, there's no way I can do that. It's too complicated. But uh, yeah, that's the journey I've been on. I'm like, oh yeah, stick a QR code on. Side note, rest in peace, HP Reveal. I miss that. Yeah, is it gone now? We yeah. haven't quite replaced we it. We haven't have quite we? replaced it. For anyone who doesn't know, HP Reveal is you could print off any picture and assign it to um, a web domain and it would bring up um, videos or further work and it was really great for sticking in books to evidence things that were done using the DLP. It was and great for displays around school. So yeah. when we were touring parents or an open day, we could take around an iPad and bring up some amazing things that were happening it's in It's like class. being in a Harry Potter school, isn't it? It when is, that happens. That's yeah. what I realised. I was like, this is like being in Harry Potter where you wave your iPad over an image and it, and it comes to life. life. I just thought that was so amazing. Yeah. So if anyone knows of um, an HB Reveal type app that we could um, benefit from, please do send it our way. James Hodgkins has suggested AR Everywhere. I'm experimenting with it. Okay. Moment. Not as easy as... I mean, HP Reveal was just so, so easy, wasn't Magical. it? Magical. Scan a bit of work. Uh, that's going to be... You know, that's going to replace mm. a trigger image. And it was just... I think we need a collaborative version, though, don't we, that works on yeah. not just one... I suppose AR, you know, this is probably where it's going, isn't it? There's mm. so many good tools, but you almost need to, to, to be able to make a trigger where everyone can just access it. Yeah. HP, you could, yeah, you could open that up, I suppose, could yeah. um, Maybe we could go into developing something you like that. should patent that. Yeah. Make, make our millions. It, it's a shame we've just about to pub, you know, publish this. <laughs> yeah, we'll uh, just scratch so. everything we just said at <laughs> the last minute. Shall I turn the mic off quickly? <laughs> Rewind. Um, uh, what resonated with me there was um, Catherine getting children active mm-hmm. using their whole bodies not just sat and just regurgitating information to you but actually acting it um, dramatising it I think those things are really really you know using music as well poetry yeah. you know every yeah. different aspect it, it reaches all those different different ways that we learn yeah and right. I definitely haven't used technology to replace that in any way. It's completely the opposite. I've just, um, in, you know, it's, it's enhanced my usage. So, for example, yeah. we did a song recently. I could just realise that they weren't really getting the whole J'habite à Worcester en Angleterre, which is just, I live in Worcester in England. And they just came to me, this Ting Ting song. Do you remember that one that goes, they call me whatever, Yay. they call me Dente. And so that fits perfectly to J'habite à Worcester en Angleterre. And then... Now, because I've got the skills, I found the karaoke version on the internet. <laughs> I recorded it. I put it on a showbeam. I gave them the words, and we did it in class. And they absolutely love it. And they mm. ask for it every time. And <laughs> a couple of years ago, it would have been absolutely impossible for me to even think that through and think how I could actually. I would have to get the good CD, and then it would have been a nightmare. But these days, it's just at the tip of your fingers, and it's just for me. It's just. That's fantastic, yeah, to see that creation. Music and dance and movement, Mm. but using technology to help you do that. It's almost like they're having so much fun in your lessons. They're learning French, but they don't even realise it. Mm. You know, you're doing so many many great things, so many really cool things that are just... I hope so. It's making learning stick, though, isn't it? We can make learning fun and exciting. Yeah. We've got so much more chance, haven't we, of that information. There's still so much more to do, because they still... They can think is they can sing the song, and then when you ask them to write it down, (laughs) and then you have to go, you know, oh, yeah, so there's still still a lot of work to do. It's not the the answer to everything. I can imagine being in an exam in a few years' time, (laughs) and, oh, no, what was that? They call me... (laughs) And then that's suddenly coming, or or just uh, just leaping through my head for two hours. Actually, we were doing verbs, and we were doing the. Oh, you might have heard it in your classroom. Je suis tu, yeah. 
And they can do that. They can rush that off, no problem. And I said, you look in GCSE, when you do your GCSEs, you'll think of that song and it'll yeah. come back to you. So I am, yeah, as you can tell, an absolute advocate of singing and dancing, mm. which is good in a primary school because I can do that. Yeah. I'm not sure that would work in a year nine class. I don't know. I think with your Maybe. passion, it could, it could get there. And actually, that's one thing I love about talking with you. Whenever we talk about education things, I always think, oh, I just want to go and think up more things like Catherine does. And I just want to be exciting. And it always leaves me with that feeling that I could do more, but not in a negative way, in a, oh, I'm going to do more kind of way. And I think that's, you know, you're incredibly inspiring in that I sense. Think that's, I think that's a certain type of person because I feel like that every day in this school. And maybe that's because we're very lucky because we work, we work in this school, but I feel like that every day. Hmm. Every time I see any of the teachers at the school, I'm like, oh my gosh, I should do that. I should do that. Yeah. So that's a you know we are very privileged I think in yeah. the school. I think it's a, it's a culture thing though, isn't it? Yeah. That, that, it doesn't just happen, you know. Yeah. That's. Um, I mean, today for example, right this is just um, you know a typical day today, uh, apart from doing this podcast obviously, which is um, unusual. But um, the music teacher and I, we have just um, she's composed the music. I've written a little song in French, and we've done it today with Year One, and we dress it up and we say oh, it's a world exclusive. You're the first pupils <laughs> ever, and they love it. But at the same time, that's true. Yeah. You know, and the fact that we have the time and the skills and the energy and the collaboration and the friendship to do that together, um, oh, it's amazing, isn't mm, it? We're very lucky. Yeah, we are really lucky. And I think you know, all teachers hopefully have have that opportunity. Maybe they don't, but I think. That's why we do these jobs as well, mm. because we want to be, have that creativity and, you know, have the, you know, we have the passion for a subject and you can enjoy that every day by teaching it. So you mentioned earlier about um, our year six residential to France. What sort of impact do you think residentials have, particularly for, you know, those year six children who, you know, we take them away for a week and it's all very exciting. But what impact does that have in the classroom for you, do you think? Well, it's brilliant for me because it gives a focus to the work that I do in year mm. six. So I can tell them, you know, you are going to be in these real life situations. You are going to have to find your way around a French market. We are going to make you go and buy a stamp and send a postcard to somebody. So for them, um, and you forget when you're an adult and you've been speaking a foreign language for a few years, how completely petrifying that is mm. for them. Um, and so giving them that time to and something to work towards is really, really amazing, yeah. I think. And obviously it's not just about that, it's about them bonding, having a good time. It's about being away from home, being away from mum and dad. But the fact that we go to France and they are also learning Fran um, French at school, um, it just it makes everything gel together mm. for me. And as you said, the last couple of years that we've gone, we've managed to meet up with the pen pals, which was yeah. fantastic. And I'll never forget it? the moment when we all sang songs together, and we'd learn some French songs and they'd learn some English songs. It was just it was just magical. Mm. Um, and I never had that when I was growing up. And I just think I think a lot of the time in education, you have to be as a teacher, especially I think a specialist teacher of a subject like French, you need to be aware that it's delayed gratification. Mm. They're not gonna thank you and tell you how amazing you are now um it's going to be later on down the line when they look back and say oh, i remember when i was in school and i had a pen pal um so i think it's something that you have to be willing to sow the seed and know that you're not going to see the flowers grow from that for maybe a few years if ever but just be content that you've done that and that that will hopefully grow and blossom i want to just sort of um give you a chance Catherine to, to, to offer some advice for anyone in the classroom any teachers who are a little bit a little bit nervous mm. about using technology maybe kind of where you were about sort of six six years ago or so mm. um, what do you think what would be what would be your best tips really for people trying to get into the use of technology and experiment what would you yeah that's really hard I would say well 
I'm on um, this Facebook page called Languages in Primary Schools and I kind of, I, I look on there every day and I see what's happening first of all, so I look at what people are talking about and if I think something's worth me investigating, I'll investigate it. So know what you want out of technology and then find the apps that go with it. In terms of putting it into the classroom, um, I tell myself that I am an expert in French. I am not an expert in technology. The pupils that I teach, every single one of them, probably even down to year three, are better at technology than me. So I just rely on them to help me. So I say, I'm using a new app. I don't really know what I'm doing. You can help me, guys. They love it when you tell them that they are better than you at something. You are the experts here. So I'm the expert in French. You're the expert in the app. We're going to have a go at this but you tell me if I'm doing something wrong. So I just, you know, we play on our strengths. So they do the technology side of it if it goes wrong. So if it's a Kahoot, the first time I used that, didn't know what I was doing, mm. hadn't sent them the code, but they were like, oh, just send us the code. Yeah. So I think um, it's just, you know, being aware of what your strengths are, not pretending that you're an expert at everything, playing on their strengths and trying it out and not being scared to say, oh, that didn't go very well, did it? Mm. Let's try again next we week. We say that a lot and it's, it's about having that, um, that ease with yourself to relinquish some control yes. in those lessons and knowing that it's okay if it goes wrong it's okay if yeah. children don't make as much progress as you thought and it's okay if you know yeah. you don't know what you're doing essentially but the progress that everyone makes in those yes. lessons is huge I think it's, an, it's a real life lesson for the children to see you um, getting things wrong um, being resilient about it not crumbling over it thanking them for their help I think that's probably one of the best lessons they can ever have and you will see children that maybe aren't so confident at French but if they think they can help you with the technology they literally bristle with pride so I never ever worry about that going wrong it might be different if you're being observed you mm. might want to have a go the week before and check it out but actually the first time you introduce it I just think it's it's really worth embracing that and having a giggle about it when things go wrong as well so I think these days um, because I'm used to introducing new things I just tell them this is the first time I'm doing this let's do this together can you help me mm. so I think that's I like how that. I, I like that it. transparency actually of, mm. um, getting that know. refreshing honesty <laughs> I, I, yeah I think it's really good though isn't it for the kids I, I might you know they look at a teacher and I suppose the, the old sort of uh, version or, or thoughts would be the teacher knows everything they are the fountain of knowledge but actually I think we're it's not that way anymore, is it? I think no. we're more facilitators we, in terms we of learning. Guide that yeah. learning rather than yeah, and actually there's sometimes when yeah. we're learning with the children. And at the moment, really because important. we're in COVID world and I'm going from classroom to classroom, everybody's classroom is a little bit different. So sometimes the sign works, sometimes it doesn't. So I go into a classroom and I say, oh, what have I got to do, guys, for the sign? I'll take it out of there, plug it in there. <laughs> they tell me exactly what I need to do. And they're very it brings on their that. skills as well. Oh, yeah, they're absolutely fine with that. It's so, so, so um, important. It's a good job they're there because I wouldn't have a clue what I was doing at the moment. <laughs> the time. there's some great points there already that you've shared um so sort of leading on and we will add all these into the to the notes for the show um where do you go for your ideas and inspiration Catherine? yeah so um i think i just mentioned a couple of minutes ago but i have to do a massive shout out for um there's a facebook group called languages in primary schools okay. and they call themselves ellipses because that's the acronym languages in primary schools and have to say, I just get the most amazing ideas from there. And if you've ever got a question about anything at all, you type the question in and they will come back to you with loads and loads of answers. So um, I get my inspiration from there. I get my inspiration from all sorts of things. I watch BBC bedtime stories with my children and I get inspiration from there about different things, different teachers in the school. Gosh, anywhere really. But if I had to give one tip, if people aren't already on there, which I can't imagine they wouldn't be, but if they're not, it's languages in primary schools. Hmm. And I'm, I'm, I'm not really into 
uh, social media for that type of thing. But I'm basically now only on Facebook because of that group, because it has been so powerful for me. You're quite active on Twitter as well, Catherine. Well. Uh, do, do you get lots of... <laughs> 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 um, do, you, do you follow groups on Twitter or people on, on Twitter at all? Or can, can people find you and follow you on Twitter? They can. So this is part of my refreshing honesty. So during... Um, okay, I like this. <laughs> you during lockdown, this, right? I did try Twitter. Again, this is showing my age a little bit. I don't really understand Twitter. But I am on Twitter. Okay, yeah. Um, so I did, yeah, you can follow me on Twitter. And I think if I'm ever putting a video out there that I think if they're not on the Languages in Facebook... Uh, sorry, Languages in Primary Schools Facebook page, they might be on Twitter. I do put things on Twitter as yeah, well. Okay. I'm still not very um, au fait with Twitter. Um, but I'm getting there. Again, you say that, but I think you're doing some great stuff on there. Um, oh, so, so you are at Cat Canton. At Canton. Cat Canton. Yeah. Okay. We'll put that on the notes as well. Yeah. So there's a link on there to the YouTube channel that I did. If people want to some little videos to show their pupils, I, I, I suppose I especially think about. It, I just feel so sorry sometimes for the um, state school primary teachers who are also having to teach languages when it's not their specialist subject. Mm. Okay. Um, if you know, if, if if I were them, I would be saying yes, please, to everything on offer. So those types of videos, I think, are quite useful for them, even if it's just them picking up the pronunciation. Yeah, they're ready to use, though, aren't they? Ready to go. And I yeah, think that's, so, that's I think so, that so important. Useful, yeah. um, MFL Twitterati as well on Twitter. Do you follow follow that that thread? Yeah, yeah, I'm on there as well. And then, um, so there are there are some huge. I mean, if you're, it's the sounds like a real nerd now, MFL nerd. But if you're really into the world of MFL, there are some huge names out there that are your go-to names for anything. So you've got Sue Cave. Okay. who did the physical French phonics program. There's Claire Seacom or Claire Seacom, I'm not sure how you pronounce it, who, um, these are just the gurus of the MFL world, like okay. the rock and roll VIPs of the MFL world. So I always follow them on Twitter and on Facebook. And you get to know Susie Buell's another one. So there's a whole network out there, but I just, I don't know if it's like this in every subject, but they are so incredibly helpful and giving mm. and altruistic and it's not cliquey or there are no divas on there. They genuinely want to spread the word about modern foreign languages, and I just find that incredibly um, helpful and uh, reassuring. Mm. <clears throat> well, Catherine, thank you so much. It's been so wonderful to speak to you, and as always, very inspiring, and hopefully our listeners will get something out of this as well, but it's been wonderful, so thank you very much for coming to speak to us. Merci beaucoup. I'm kidding, that's not how I speak French. Mange tout, mange tout, Rodney. Mange no, I, I can my, actually speak was, French, I promise. That was my line. Merci <laughs> beaucoup. <laughs> so on behalf of myself, um, you can find me on Twitter, at Matt Warren. And I'm Rebecca Parker, at RP Teachers, and Catherine, at Cat. Canton. Well, well, it's Contan, isn't it? But can we're going to do it properly at Cat Contan? Yeah. Thank you very much for listening. Uh, come on, I thought it was a good oh. way to end. Oh, oh. Could you be any more stereotypical? <laughs> okay, I'll, I'll see if I can cut that bit. <laughs> no, leave it in. <laughs> okay, and we look forward to joining you again for episode three for shortly released.